How how is the weather? And and uh, I'm I'm assuming you're in England. Is that where you live? Yeah, I live on the very southeast tip of England, just sticking out into the Channel. Used to be an island, um, and it's um, the weather's just on the turn. We've had a heat wave for most of June. Right. Of uh, well, I say heat wave. I think it's been an average June, and um, the BBC is having an Armageddon attack about it, saying, "No, it's the hottest June on record ever." <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, um, people are saying at the beginning of the month they had the their central heating on here, which is just not not typical for this time of year. But Ooh. this is what the stats say. Apparently, this is what the numbers say. I, I think there's something fishy going on, and it's not the dead fish. <laughs> it's the um. Yes, it's very, very, like you know, like the the most mild form of emergency you can possibly imagine. Like yeah, people walking around, enjoying themselves, <laughs> going for walks, going for cycle rides along the the seafront, like do a bit of shopping, having a picnic. Sounds like the apocalypse um, to me. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like me, me too. Yes. Welcome to the Space Coming Podcast. Today our guest is Ben Pyle. He's the founder of Climate Debate UK, Climate Resistance on YouTube, and he's a regular contributor to Spiked Magazine. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to be here on the uh, orbiting spaceship. Well, I, I'm just glad that you're here today because, you know, all I see in England right now, the Just Stop Oil protesters, I'm glad that you're safe in your home. That they haven't uh, hurt, you know, harmed you in any way. That you're able to, you know, get safely into your home during the the climate catastrophe currently happening in England. Yeah, well, don't 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 give them ideas because these 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 guys are crazy, and um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where it's going to stop with them. They just get each time they um, they reset the Borg, they they have these kind of new new tactics to yeah, and and new they and they they plumb new depths of just unfathomable ridiculousness well um, it looks like they either block they block traffic or they throw paint on things is that is that correct those are the main tactics you know the what the 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 one last week was they blackmailed uh the pride parade uh the gay pride parade or whatever and pretty gay and everything else now um gay uh, pride parade uh in london they said if you don't tell us who your funders and backers and you know who the people are uh, then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop your fund. We're gonna rain on your grave. And um, so Pride, the organisers uh, didn't didn't tell them, and uh, they they, I mean, you know, and it was like kind of this bizarre like the, the it was just a silly stunt. And then they they went in front of the uh, Coca Cola um, float, which is, you know the the truck, not the. Um, you know, not like a coke float, not like yeah. you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, uh, uh, and that had all the employees of Coca Cola on it who were gay or, or whatever, uh, or adjacent or friends or whatever, and, and then they sprayed a little bit of like whatever it is they spray at them, and then they stood in front of the road, and and uh, you know, I mean, it's a silly, it's a it is corporate, it's corporate virtue signaling versus hedge fund billionaire lackey. Yeah, uh, activism. It's a really weird 
So much or as some people say it's the left eating itself, right? I mean, they used to go yeah. after the right wing people more, right? Now they're now they've that's the well is run dry and they're going after their own, right? You'd think that that the 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 LGBTQ people and the climate people are, you know, in sync with each other and they're all fighting the same thing, but um it's kind of, they're kind of eating their own now, aren't they? Yeah, if they if they are the left and um whatever they are, and then uh, I, I one of as one of them was being bundled into a um a police van, he he she they the <laughs> were saying that like this is the pride is for queer people, not for corporates. But like that 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 you know, a couple of weeks ago, I I had a I was on a TV show with the one of the funders of of his organization that's just a tycoon it's just an energy tycoon it's green energy tycoon and he used to be a, he used to be a hippie and live in a van and um uh, but he's tycoon all the same so yeah there's just this like kind of like the performance wing of of big money in one way whatever whatever shape big money takes i think performance I guess, is the right word for it it's very performative yeah. and it's it's for no who is it for right and uh yeah, I mean they they act like everyone else is backed by big money except for them, but they're they're backed by the biggest money of all, right? That's right. Yeah, it does seem to be that way. And um, and but they but they're they're sort of quite passionate and and therefore not not amenable to sort of have it pointed out. And then they go, oh, you just want to talk about hypocrisy, but yeah. it's a government that's got to sort the problem out. <clears throat> well, well, we, we, you're our prop, you're our bigger problem. And then um, so. Yeah, but I I don't I don't know where it's going with them. I I mean, like the 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 I don't think they're the biggest part of it. And I try and say this as much as I sort of point and mock and and say this is look what look what has been made. Look at this monster that the green movement has created, whether it's left or right or it's it's just sort of post left right thing. This um, they can spoil your day, but it's government is going to ruin yeah. your life. Well, you know, can I, yeah, man. Yeah, and I'll say too. I feel I feel like your projects, you know, and I, I'm not sure. I probably didn't uh, say all the things that you're working on, but I feel like this idea of you know d debating about climate or having discourse about climate is they've moved way past that because any rational discussion about well, look, like everything in our lives uh, revolves around you know using hydrocarbons, using oil, uh, natural gas, or extracting rare earth minerals. You know, that's just the way it is. Like, the, in order to have a prosperous society where people don't die from the weather and where people have enough food to eat and to maximize food production while using less land, you have to use this stuff. So, any rational, and then the climate, you know, is changing. Probably, you know, probably uh, mostly, you know, just natural stuff going on. And um, other stuff can, you know, we have using hydrocarbons we can adapt to whatever's happening um so any any rational debate i feel like they've moved past this and it's just moved on like i know extinction rebellion also was very very british in character mm -hmm. uh you know they started over there and um you know i feel like the old the old school was like the george monbiot kind of people who would get into debates and discourse and now it's moved it just moved on to this like these ridiculous spectacles where i I honestly don't know who they're convincing. I mean, they seem just to be pissing everybody off, but I feel like they don't know what else to do. I, I'm not sure. I mean, what do you think about that? 
Uh, I've, I've never thought of George Monbiot as intellectually engaging. He's <laughs> most he's, agreed. Uh, I'm being I'm being very charitable. Yeah. You're being very. I mean, he's. I think he's kind of their spiritual, um, them father. Yeah. He he um. He, I mean, he, first of all, he's he's a plagiarist, and maybe this is where the mm. the, the nuances get lost. And um, you know, he just nicks other other people's ideas. I think I think he's even cribbed one of my articles. Um, he's all in, over the in, place. He's yeah, that he vacill, vacillates like kind of. It's like you almost like kind of an atomic clock who's pseudo vibrating at thousands. Of Billions of times a second. Um, you know, he said, "I'll vote." Uh, uh, oh, I've had enough. I'm going to vote conservative. Just as long as some someone's going to sort the sort the the, the climate uh, issue out, and then he'll he'll say, "Oh, you have got to vote this, or you have got to vote that." And you know, never he's never actually settled on a party that you should vote for. I think he's supported all of them at some point, which might sort of you know might you might you say, "Oh, that's sort of some independence of of mine," but actually, it's just because he he, he he doesn't have a. He's an operator. Very confident position. Yeah. 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 He, and he's, he's one not, of these media operators who can like sort of rely on the fact that people kind of have a short uh, memory span and they forget things and then he can say, oh no, now I'm for this. I'm for the, whatever. Blowing. Well, I don't, yeah, right? I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if logic has ever applied to him. I think yeah. like kind of like if you, if you were to, to, to I, I, I've written far too much about him. I don't think it's that important, but you know, for, for time, I think. I started blogging in like 2007. I think I mean like every third article is about what George Rombio said. And I was like, is he that important? And is, yeah. is the Guardian, you know, where he, where he writes, is, yeah. is that that important, or are they just sort of like a, a reflection of something yeah. else? And it's it, it, you know, like we we're just talking about this is this it is a, it is a uh, an issue of um, you know hyper capitalism, if you want to put it that way. And it's big, you know, it's, this is this is this is global institutions and and high finance and and governments and all of civil society and to, you know the guardian's just a rag with a circulation of 100,000 people or and falling or, yeah. or 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 some such some such number so i, I didn't i never wanted to get into you know so that, but, but but where i think he is significant is he's a sort of um a litmus test or some kind of signal about that part of british society which is, I mean, he he is a testament. And this is what I was saying about nuance. I think is where it might get lost uh, over the Atlantic. Is um, he, uh, <laughs> he is um, he is a testament to the British public school, which is what you call private schools because we have we have stupid language. <laughs> it's just so, sorry, the, so, the um, British public school. You said British public school is what we what we mean we mean it's what you call a private school. It's a fee-paying school, right? So it's oh. if you're posh, you're born to a, you know, and he's just very, very upper middle class and beyond. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's, uh, and fat, but then again, middle class is what you call work. Anyway, good. <laughs> so all this, this, this transatlantic business is, is, he is hasn't getting me done, confused. He hasn't done much hard labor is what you're saying. He hasn't. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's got soft. He hasn't like turned a crank in a, in there, a factory. There are calluses on those hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he might have because I think he goes and sort of gets, collects roadkill and, and oh. sort of canoes around looking for fish and and so that sort of thing. So he might he might he might. The, the, uh, but so but so so he he's the guy like so it, it, he's got the same um, patter as like a Sir David Attenborough for example. That's yeah. It. So what these pub these schools they're breeding they they've always traditionally since the development of Eton 
they've they've bred the either the the ruling class of Britain or the people that if they're particularly useless, you go and send them to look after India or something. You know, set to, to run. You see these sort of colonialist kind of things. Yeah. So outdoor relief. You know, you go and send them to yeah. send them yeah. overseas. So, um, so what they are really good at is turning really quite sick in the head people into extremely confident public figures. So, yeah. like this, I, I, I'm, I'm deadly serious. Like, kind of, they, 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 they the, the, the man's self confidence um, is complete, uh, complete construct, yeah. completely artif- artificial thing. He's got. He's got no real capacity for. I'm going on too long about George Monbiot. I'm not that. Well, it's funny because it sounds just like what they do here now. I notice, and maybe this is sort of like a British export. Is like this NGO? Do you model. think it might be a, a John Kerry? Might be a sort of analogist, sort of like. Although he's, I don't know, John I don't know a lot about John Kerry, but I'm sure. You know, I feel like all these people you're naming, sort of George Monbiot, um, who who was the other guy, uh, the the Malthusian guy that. David Attenborough. David Attenborough. It's it really. There's a type of these people who are just overly confident in their own intel, intellect, and then that transfers well onto the public. You know, p- pushing them up as a public figure, and people say, "Oh, he he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He must yeah. know what he's talking about." <laughs> they really don't. Right. They're just these like arrogant, useful idiots. Uh, right. And, and to go back to what what you said before about uh, you know we were talking about just stop oil. I mean, they were they were fully endorsed by um, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London. You know, he says that they're a very important pressure group, and also uh, King Charles's, uh, you know, King Charles's <laughs> team. Even though you know they they throw paint on his uh, on his uh, wax figures and stuff, but they admire and understand the job, just stop oil protesters. Um, what do you think about uh, you know King Charles and the royal family? I mean, there, there seems like there, there, it goes back quite a bit. Um, with their obsession with green stuff, and maybe it's not about you know saving the planet. Maybe it's about something what, else. Yeah, that, that, think? I think that's where that, that's where I was sort of going with George Monbiot actually, and, and yeah. just a fall of others. I didn't I didn't quite get around to it. So so um, there's there's a sort of a turmoil to the structure of British society. So you've got you you, you know whereas in in you you'd have found a useful place for someone like George Monbiot in the past. You like, like, say, setting into India or something. There was, but you've got this whole kind of class structure which doesn't really depend, uh, doesn't really have a, a function anymore, in in the way that it it, it used to. You know, there, there's no what 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 does someone like George Nambia do in 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 the 21st century? And of course, it is that he sort of orchestrates these tomes that. You know, just stop oil from you know maybe not not all quite as posh as George Nambia, but they're kind they're kind of. They're, they're sort of the dysfunctional upper classes, and 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 this is like their tantrum at the at the kind of end of their real, you know, their kind of their their their, their grasp on society, their kind of um, their position in society, and um, I have a I have a hypothesis, a broader sort of um, uh, hypothesis about what, how that this may account for uh, King um, King Charles as well, um, not my king hashtag. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, uh, it, it's that as an institution collapses, um, it experiences this existential crisis yeah. as external to itself. So it's going to look like um, a problem with the sky rather than a problem with the institution that's that's 
long, 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 long past itself, I think, and that the people put up with for reasons best known to themselves, I guess. But the the the, the, the nonetheless, I'd like to say that the royal family as an institution, the monarchy as an institution, and the, that structure are not in a sense, in a, in a deep existential crisis is to, to be completely, to walk into the world with a blindfold on, you know, the, 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 that, 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 that's a, that's a family that goes and an institution that goes from crisis to crisis, to crisis, to crisis. And, um, you know, it, 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 extremely publicly. And so, uh, virtues like sort of championing climate change and, and championing other climate change institution organizations uh, of either that have sort of converted to climate change or have been founded on the basis of climate change so it's sort of like closing of the ranks against mm. their own their own collapse um and britain is where you're going to see that most most um explicitly i think it's the you know it's it's uh, i don't want to be too down on the uk <laughs> but it's um it's 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 a nineteenth century, um, you know, has been. Yeah. It's it's it it, 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 it um has ma major problems, constitutional problems looming. Um, it doesn't know what it is. Doesn't know. Doesn't really know what it was. Doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, and uh, it's desperately searching for place on the world. And we we could say the same in some sense. We think about the West as well, which. Yeah, Britain likes to think it's sort of self as a sort of champion of um, stomping around the world, mainly in the shadow of the United States. So, so within within that, if that's not too cynical, uh, uh, a take on you know it's, it's a snapshot of the world, then then um, uh, Britain within that sort of changing geopolitics has uh, changes within it that um reflect that 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 chaos and well, well why have we got a king in the 21st century what's what's he doing what's why is it really why does our society need to revolve around him yeah um so i've heard it's about it's about tourism right it's about getting people then that's the excuse they use yeah you're right though only, it is way yeah. dated to have a have a king and and that's a really i think insight insightful way to look at this whole uh, environmental climate change thing as this last stand of uh, the British monarchy kind of collapsing in on itself where it's at a point of um, being completely outdated with society. Uh, it's not the cli it's not the climate that's going to collapse. It's not the world that's going to collapse. It, they're sort of uh, they're projecting the, the collapse of society. Um, they're projecting their own collapse of the, the British <laughs> monarchy onto the collapse of society. That's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's very insightful to, um, and you must have an interesting perspective there being in sort of the belly of the beast, uh, in, in England. Um, I think as, but, as Americans, we certainly feel the reverberations and we've had this tension, right. With, with England since our founding, right. Well, I mean, you, you know, better what it looked like, that, that looked like from here. I mean, I, th I think America will survive. Uh, I think he, 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 and and um, it, it's Europe and Britain that is sort of um, nose diving into its economic industri uh, industrial suicide, right? He, he, uh, yeah. I, I think I think maybe people got uh, the uh, 
no one's quite stupid enough to do it completely in the states. I yeah. Think. Um, and um, I think I, I mean I, I'm not I'm not uh, you know I'm not going to wear a MAGA hat or anything, but I think um, <laughs> I think people you know, Trump realized we were doing this is deindustrialization isn't good for American working yeah. people. That's why um, we support him more than any other candidate at this point because yeah. that it really is it. Yeah. Bottom line, the mega movement is is the only thing standing in the way of degrowth in the United States. Right? Is is that's that? I I I thought that even even the Biden admin would had sort of got that message, but is that not the case? Is 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 the um, IRA that 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 committed but, to deindustrialization, degrowth? Well, and... well, the thing the thing with the IRA is it's kind of a lateral move. I mean, a lot of a lot of people that are into really big on decarbonization. Um, they love the IRA because it's all these investments. The Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the uh, the real reason why industry is coming back to the United States is that we've destroyed the industry of Europe. We've, you know, we, okay. the United States literally bombed the Nord Stream pipeline, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, energy prices have skyrocketed, especially in Germany. And what you're seeing is all, all these industries, even though, like, in the United States, in our bubble, we say, oh, energy, like, for example, our electricity bill has doubled since the, the local nuclear plant closed. But companies in Germany, their energy bill is going up by 10, you know, 10 times. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> kind of in a roundabout way, U.S. imperialism is uh, on behalf, you know, through the Biden administration is what's bringing industry back. But it's not, it's not because we're uh, figuring out how to more energy it's because you know we've destroyed the economy of europe um and i'm sure in england too you know your electricity prices have gone up quite a bit because of uh you know very a lot of reasons of things going on right now yeah when, when um uh <laughs> yeah 10 or 100x whatever it was uh and back down closer to its historical average but it's going to go up again after the summer um, well, and it could, that could be worse than it will, last winter. What's the outlook for, I know, yeah, a lot of prognosticators are saying that this winter is going to be the bad one because last winter people were able to, countries were able to cobble together enough LNG reserves and pre-buy and stuff like that. But people are predicting that this winter is going to be worse for Europe. Um, what do you think about that? I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I think it could be. Uh, I haven't looked at the um, the markets yet. Um, I, sh I should uh, ask my pal to do that sort of stuff. What what the winter delivery prices yeah. look like, but um, what the volumes are. But um, you, you know, at this point, it's all kind of um, we, we we've seen what deindustrialization looks like now, and we, we we've seen. So, so even if even if we manage to scrape through this winter, um, that a very high cost, kind of really high cost. Yeah, and and I know I know that the 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 UK government's strategy was to just push because you know uh, uh, Britain's still in a very strong economic position, relatively speaking. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not on its way down, but um. Yeah, and so it it will the government will use its leverage to you know, whatever whatever it can do to mitigate those costs. So it's like, well, we you know against sort of Central European much smaller economies with 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 much less favourable exchange rates, 
Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, it's they're going to be they're going to be really hard pressed, but we're, you know, the, 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 there'll still be some money sometime until we're completely broke. The government can find to try and minimize the impact. Uh, but but I mean, I think it's I think the, the longer that kind of stuff goes on, the more chaotic and and the less the less sense it makes to predict. We've got we've got a chaotic situation um mostly caused by environmentalism largely triggered by covidism if you like about this sort of expertocracy this sort of safetyism whatever you and then at the same time this absolutely gung-ho lunatic geopolitical adventurism mm. what like it's, it's almost like a sort of trinity of of, of, of things so maybe maybe if one of those one of the if, they, if there was just like one agenda if there was just a green agenda or there's just a COVID agenda or there's just a sort of geopolitical agenda it would be possible to make some kind of uh make basic kind of guesses about the future yeah but you know you know with with, with the whole lot looming over us we don't know what the gas prices would be because you don't know who's going to bomb who we're going to bomb any more pipelines with what or is it going to be tactical nukes is it going to be icbms or is it or is our 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 untamed epidemiologists going to decide that there's a new pathogen that we need to um destroy further destroy our economies with and, right. um so this is it's kind of like a weird anarchy of experts isn't there and um i don't know yeah it's the uh, the, the people who manage our economy um andrew bailey is you know the governor of the Bank of England. He he, he followed Mark Carney, who was extremely uh, big on all this stuff. Very very good pals with uh, Mike Bloomberg. You know, so they they set up a lot of these um, financial in, uh, mechanisms to to prevent um, full exploitation of, of oil and gas right. oil reserves in in. Throughout you throughout the world, but we that particularly seems to have affected yeah. us here. So, well, the, so what? Yeah, the reductionism of the the protesters, I feel like, is that they're they're saying, "Oh, you're destroying the earth for money for profit." Yeah. But uh, the thing is, at this, you know, uh, that's not what these companies. Uh, that's not what these interests are doing anymore. I mean, what they're making money uh by stopping industry and make everything way more expensive and that's where the that's where the the real profits are now it's actually very quaint it's a very uh modest amount of profit to simply create a product and provide a service and then make you know a, a profit on it the real money is in destroying the economy and then trading derivatives yes yes uh and Absolutely. placing bets on the economy the economy being destroyed um you know something else i wanted to ask you about um here in, in the United States, you know, people kind of talk about fearmonger about 15 minute cities, um, but there's not really that kind of implementation yet. It's just, it's more kind of meta where, um, you know, a lot of roads are being made smaller. It's harder for trucking to, um, to move around. There's a lot of pro bike. Yeah. There, sentiment. There are a lot of zoning changes where, you know, a lot of small cities, liberal cities want uh, more walkability and you know, people, uh, catering to people with zoom jobs who don't have to go anywhere or make anything. It's all virtual. Um, but I know in England, you know, there's a lot, there's actual implementations of, um, bollards being placed in, in streets to 
prevent people from leaving a certain zone. So, um, you know, what, what's been your impression of that? Is it, is it kind of BS is it overhyped or are there actually 15 minute cities being tried out in the UK? Um, my hometown was what was one of the first to broadly sort of state its intention to be a 15 minute city. Then other like, so yeah. that's, a, that's a, that's an old town. Um, the stage town is Oxford, and it it it, it was it, it, and by virtue of its age, most of the city, although it's been new bits, was was a fifteen minute city. It was mm-hmm. like you know, it was like the, the the size of most British towns and cities is such, and the design of them is such, and the age of them is such that 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 you know you right where I grew up, you you just walk to the end of the road. There was a supermarket. There was a butcher's. There was a fishmonger's. When I grew up, there was a bit so it's kind of a, sm- a small city kind of feel. Um, uh, it, was, I mean, it was off. off it was just, uh, maybe no. I mean, it was very much connected to the city, but it's again, it's a small city, so it's like you know, kind of a mile, half a mile, quarter of a mile into the city centre from where mm. I live. But there was still a little commercial mm. part. There was a shoe shop, ice cream yeah. shop. There's loads of ice cream shops there now. You know, so it's like. <laughs> Um, it's it's sort of turned into a bit of a dormitory, really. It's sort of like having a sort of a student village on this kind of place. Um, so so like, you, if you could design a city, yeah, fifteen minutes is great. It should be fifteen minutes. You can walk to the doctors. You can walk to a supermarket. You can walk to a bakery, whatever, whatever. Folks, your boat, you know, a little bookshop. I'd like a little bookshop. I could go to so I could go and buy a book. I like go and buy a cup of coffee. Maybe it's lunch. I could go buy some lunch. That'd be lovely. So, like the the so the idea that um, you, you know it's it's a, it's a great idea until it becomes the basis on which people regulate rather than build cities. So, in this city that I've described, is quite utopian. There are great big sections of it which aren't that old. Um, and guess what? They were designed by the local authorities. And they were built by the local authorities. So they, they, this is how the local authorities decided working people would live in the 1930s, right. 40s, 50s, and 60s. Well, maybe a little brief dip while there was a war going on. But the, um, and they're bland and they're boring. People generally don't want to live there. The reason you would there, the, the quid pro quo is if you have a young family or even a or even family, um, yeah, you're a little bit more isolated from services. But you get a bigger, bigger house to fill with children, and you get a bigger back garden to for them to play in. You could probably park your car more easily. Suburbs. This is, that, suburbs, exactly. This was, and that, and, and that was a great idea. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know who really gets upset about the fact that it's going to take them an extra five minutes to walk or cycle from the suburb to the bit that where you know I grew up, which was a fifteen-minute. Well, you probably actually call yep. it a two and a half-minute city. Mm. So, so I, I, um, I, 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 I got no problem with the sort of the principle that you can go from one place to another. It's this enforcement and this, this, this absorption of green ideas into it. So the people who were, who sort of, we've all become accustomed to the idea that you can jump in your car and go to the ring road and to go to the larger sort of stores and, and so on. And, and I think, I don't, I don't, I think that's quite, that's quite convenient actually. And that's quite. That's that's you know so some people like to go to take their car 
fill the car up with a week's worth of groceries and then take yeah. it home. And not walk and, to the corner store every day. Uh, that's right. Yeah, this yeah. And that and, and yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, I like to go and get my food for the day every day because I don't have to manage a bunch of kids and you know and their their um, schedules. I like you know that. Uh, so you know, I can. I'm I'm in a position where that twenty minute walk or ten minute or even three minute walk, however many minutes it is, is yeah. is, is something I can take in. You know, I can enjoy. It's interesting that kids are the differentiator here, right? It's like, are we building a society for for kids and families, or are we building a society for people, childless people, you know, to make to make life uh, better for childless people instead? That almost seems like there there is a a motive behind that, right? Yeah, yeah. that seems like the the differentiator. Well, I think I think there is if you have a car. I mean, if you have a car, and people people the the, the, the economics. I mean, it, it lets be. What what fifteen minute cities are about is abolishing private transport, mm-hmm. and yep. and and so you know give give me the utopian aspects it's fine to get some fifteen minute city but don't abolish my car yeah don't take it away and and the I, I imagine the economics are fairly similar on on both sides of the Atlantic so I can I can buy a car a used car maybe you know maybe quite old and, and not very pretty for maybe a week or two weeks average wages in the UK and then I you know if it's been looked after I don't have to do very much to it yeah. um you know cars like this so so um you know I could have a car it could be my family's transport I could go on holiday I get my groceries I help I help out grandma and great uncle John or whatever and and uh for for very little money very you know you know um weeks of money a year and you could replace the whole thing i mean i think i think um you know my insurance for a year i think probably the same you get i mean it's less than a day's wages right if i mean i've got a long history of not crashing it so yeah, the, yeah. you get you get discounts um and so on and then and then it's uh maybe a couple of days wages to equivalent to um pay the road tax the the, the car tax you know, the, yeah, you know the, everything you're the, saying though the the and, bike activists here they would say that you're that you're full of shit that you're lying they say oh owning a car is the most expensive onerous thing ever and i think you guys have the in, insane just stop oil throw throw oil throw soup on painting activists and we have the insane bike activists <laughs> over here oh on, we have those guys too yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah, too but, yeah yeah that who just say everyone should just get you know if you have children and you want them go to the store and fill up your don't fill up your car get one of those cargo bikes that cost six thousand dollars that you have to pedal to the store and put your child on it too put your child on it um almost get hit by a car and die but that's not your fault that's the car people's fault um yeah and also yeah i'm wondering too like what uh what enforcement is there in your hometown you know, you met, you alluded to enforcement. So I'm just wondering, like, what what is it actually like when you try to get out of the 15 minute zone, or you know, how how does that work? Uh, well, it's like they're, they're making it worse. So they, there's they they have cameras, so that links up to the database. So you know, the the AI on there will see the number plate, license plate, um, and say this this car traveled through this restricted area. Uh, more than either, which is that you're allowed to do once or something. You know, you got on the yeah. numbers, or you're not allowed to do at all. Um, so, so this, I mean, and they use that a lot in the enforcement of 
anti-car stuff in general. So you know, there's that anti. There's there's two regulations against which are controversial, uh, increasingly controversial. And for example, in the centre of London, you have to buy a congestion charge, which I think is about seventeen pounds fifty for one. So one you about twenty one twenty dollars just to drive your car around the sort of core core of London. Um, and then I think there's another I think and there's another charge on top of that, which I think is twelve pounds, maybe fifteen dollars. Um which is the congestion charge. So the sorry, sorry, the toxic tox toxic charge, ULES, you uh, it's called uh, uh ultra low emission zone. So the the camera takes a snap when you cross over a threshold and then it looks up your details of your car, and if your car isn't compliant with the with the, the the emissions regulations, then and you haven't bought your your uh, your, your ticket, um, then it sends you a eighty pounds, maybe hundred dollar fine in wow. the post. You, 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 yeah, yeah. If you go away for the weekend, it could be there. You could be there on Monday wow. morning if you go on Friday. So so it's got kind of a really really efficient system. They're really That's really horrible. efficient at sort of finding you. And so um, <laughs> that was kind of built in London. That infrastructure is built in London. And I try to roll it out to other cities. So basically, and, you're, getting, you're getting fined for let's say you, you you go to the store, you load up for the week, and then you forget something or like something comes up later, and they're like, all right, this is going to cost you thirty pounds to uh, to go to the pet store or something to get you know, dog food because you forgot. Yeah, yeah, as you go yeah, and you go down the wrong road. It's lots of people have gone down the wrong road in these sort of experiment the mostly experimental these setups now because under COVID there was uh, sort of uh, uh, a massive budget made available for local authorities, uh, local governments to experiment with this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. under long drag um so they sort of they 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 they, they invented all these different ways of that straining people. That sounds insane to me, but I also at the same time I'm like, this is exactly what they're trying to push in New York City. Um yeah. with the the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA, who are basically um, I guess they're kind of like what the the Labour Party would be the equivalent in, in England. They're so, the the Democratic Socialists. Just with less labor. Who are pushing, yeah. <laughs> who are pushing these insane i mean if if anyone's listening an american who's listening to this right now and is like wow england that sounds really bad what they got going on there charging you just to drive your car around well you know it seems like they pilot all these programs first in england and then they bring them to new york which is in new york city which is basically arm in arm with uh with city of london city of london and then wall street are our arm in arm so now they're piloting these horrible programs through their well, socialist I, I, programs yeah when, I, when i've stayed in new york my my friends had to go and move their car this was a long time ago i think this was like 2012 they had to move their car um because it was alternate there were well hadn't there been this kind of scheme yeah, yeah i think that's usually for yep. street cleaning right in the, yeah, oh, is that right? Or or snow removal, I think. But but, but yeah, slowly every every year, you know, more and more is done yeah. to make owning a car as expensive and yeah. convenient as possible. But you know, I, I I think I think New York is actually the epicenter because um the this is all this is all um if it wasn't out of his brain, it was out of his wallet. Um, Mike Bloomberg, yeah, this is this is, this yeah. is his this is his dream because he's got fifty cars and he's got <laughs> something like. 
three helicopters and oh. a number of private planes of various sizes. And his vision is for a low carbon zero car future so that he can go around in whatever vehicles he, he, he chooses, whatever's convenient to him. And he's put Well, billions. he's part of the British monarchy. I uh, might Bloomberg, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> in my in my own mind. Uh, I mean, that's how I see it, right? right. He, he's part of that that monarchy that's start, starting to crumble. I mean, he's like art he's like royalty for uh yes. know, the US. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, he's sort of falling falling apart around his his sort of his sort of heavy, heavy ha handed sort of interventions. They're really I mean really clumsy. I mean so I, I so I look at this kind of um so so the the sort of intrusion of uh, uh, low traffic neighborhoods and fifteen minute cities, these kind of schemes, is really the the, the, the context for them is in in local government is a total disengagement of the public. Well, not total. Um, so, so in a local election, um, you know, you're going uh, to be the turnout at the vote is going to be between twelve and forty percent, typically, really low. People right. really don't take part, and this is great for the green blob, right? This yeah. is great for all these organisations that the likes of Bloomberg have been pumping. Um, millions and billions into because then you go well. What are you going to do? Yeah, because no one's going. No one's going to turn up to vote against this stuff. And you get these little, uh, little cross-party consensuses developing yep. on these kind of policy initiatives. So, and then you you get literally, literally Bloomberg-funded organisations yep. engineering these cross-party cons consensuses. I got all the. I got all the receipts. I can show you them. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they make interesting reading. Yeah. And they are, oh, we're going to make a lovely place where everyone can walk to the shop but, and everyone, and then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like, they imagine all these British streets are going to be like an Italian piazza. <laughs> you know, this side is kind of beautiful, sophisticated. There's going to be, you know, or, or like a French, the French, yeah. you know, town square. You're going to have like part of Dixieland jazz playing out of this little speakers. Everyone's going to be, you know, like a couple of people going to be working on there. You know, sipping their flat whites while they work on it. You know, like the whole place yeah. is going to be buzzing, and yeah, and everything's going to be. Everyone's going, but like a lot of like some people don't. Some people have to get their hands dirty for, for a living. Some people have yep. to slaughter animals. Some people Good. have to paint bridges. Some people have to. So they 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 have these sort of. I don't think that they've really. I don't think they know how people live. I don't know how society works, but they sort of. Because they come from such blessed sort of yeah. institutions, that um, they, they they they've sort of um, managed to establish sort of all the trappings. The, in the same way that George Monbiot has sort of um, been trained to exude the authority of class. Yeah, these these sort of the milieu of these institutions have been so. I mean, a lot of them crossing over with academia, and, and um, they sort of have expert authority. Sort of stamped into them, but that actually, when like, like you know, when you ask these guys on bikes, well, if you if you you know, what 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 does the world look like in 2050 when we've all abolished all the cars and everything? Um, yeah. They haven't really got a clue. It's you know, like kind of oh, so go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say it, it sounds. I mean, you talk about how most people don't show up to these things, right? And then there's very little people, but they get these people like who you're describing the George Mambia type or the, the bike, the idealists, the utopians 
Um, mm. And then they say, they're they're screeching the loudest, and they say, we represent the working masses and the working people. And they, they don't think that they represent the interests of Mike Bloomberg and, and all these rich motherfuckers. And they say, no, we're, <laughs> we are the working class. We represent the working class. And they don't at all. They, they have no self-awareness, I guess, or some of them probably do. Some of them are like, this is a great gig for me <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, I think there's a lot of them. Yeah who are like, they think that they speak for working people because they've been brainwashed by all kinds of propaganda, all kinds of like advertising and, and all this to, to say, oh no, you're, you're, you're representing the, the unwashed masses and the working people and you're showing up and you're doing the works and they have no clue. They have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the nature of work is very important too, because the, the less production you have, the more removed people get from production whether like you like you alluded to with let's say paving roads or making you know making tires or uh building building things or farming um you know industrial farming of course uh but uh, the more people get removed from those things the more that that they believe like oh well either either you have a zoom job and you can work in a cafe and uh it have you know write write emails while you sip your flat white or you're one of the people that you know, presses the button on the coffee machine and then brings it to me. <laughs> Barista. And they think that's, or you're, or you work in government or a non pro or you're a yeah. climate protester. Those are the only, those jobs. are the only jobs. Yeah. Well, they've got more, they've got models to, to prove it, haven't they? They, they sort of produce these, um, models of, of, of how society will function in, in, in this sort of, um, when everyone is in this, it works in these sectors. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I think they sort of like, in, well, it will all come through on ships, I guess, from 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 the east, from other be... countries where yeah. it's all the brown workers, right? And that, that's why right. I find these people who say they're they're anti-racist to be some of the most racist people who are supporting the, the this climate nonsense because really what it is about is about keeping Africa and other developing areas of the the world impoverished right saying like they're you know it sucks for us in in the west because our energy bills are going up and 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 life is not getting is not going to get easier for any of this stuff but for but for people in developing countries it is even worse it's like a death sentence for for these people is keeping them impoverished and and that it's like the most racist thing dressed up as anti anti-racism yeah i I think it's um go sorry Oh, and I, I like to envision, you know, when you're talking about that, Fox, like I envision George Mambiat scolding a group of people from Africa where he's like, you know, you yeah. can't, you can't have <laughs> petrol for your automobile. You can't have any more sucky candies or the world's going to boil over. <laughs> you he sounds a bit German. Oh, okay. He, he's not going to. George can von Mon. Can yeah. you do an American uh, impression? No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even try. <laughs> <laughs> I probably can if there wasn't a microphone, but um, yeah. feel, feel free. You know, I I just made, you know I just did an English impression. So if you want to do an American one, just to like make people, you've, you've kind of a generic like just generic European. not American accent yeah. that just switches from English to Brit to like yeah. <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah, with my American exceptionalism, That's I don't right. I don't need to learn <laughs> the nuances of these different countries. That's right. There's just two accents, American and and, and not yeah. 
Um, yep. No, but what you're, you're saying, um, the, the developing world, I, I think this is the amazing thing because they've the the, the blobs and and the what you know the the, the leftoid wokeoid kind of milieu. Uh, if you if you want to find racism, exactly as you say, go and look at environmentalism. Look at yeah. it. And, you know where where we were people were people were like interrogating statues here in the UK. But I think you're doing it. People doing it in the states as well. I mean, we, that, yeah. that's something that's definitely imported from the states to here. Um, uh, but but we didn't. Nobody interrogated the green movement. Nobody said, "Well, well, uh, what what are all these what are all these green ideas doing for the yeah. developing economies of the world?" We, yeah, look, look. I mean, Janet Smuts, the you know, like this kind of South African governor, you know, the arch colonialist. Uh, 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 you know, established the, the 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 sort of thinking of the United Nations and and the principles of ecology, very much putting white European man at the center of a cosmological and ecological order on yeah. the top rather than the center. You know, like kind of with 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 the, with the lesser races beneath him, yep. and 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 this is embedded in green thinking and yep. and and. And the um, you know, and then you you can wind it forward to um, the likes of Ehrlich, who's 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 not only lobbying the United Nations to go around uh, uh, sterilizing millions and millions of African and Asian people, often coercively, often violently, and often botched. Thousands yep. of people have left left, you know, destroyed or or dead. Um, just you know, have their have their their um. You know, immense uh, problems with uh, um, in, uh, not well, obviously infertility because they've been sterilised um, in continents because these yeah. you know if you you've got a program of just just um, sterilising as many black people as you can. It's not going to be done with 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 um, with care, is it? Um, yeah. Or in, I think India India was, was a big thing in India. But um, Ehrlich, uh, you know, Ehrlich will say all day that he's he's not racist and that he doesn't think people oh, yeah, should be yeah, judged yeah. by their skin color and. Yep, that's right. And the, the, so, so he, 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 yeah, um, yeah, he hates all of the, he, he, humanity equally. But the, yeah. but the point is, he <laughs> he has this formula, uh, you know, sort of informs his environmentalism uh, impact, which is environmental impact uh, uh, equals uh, population times affluence times technology. So you yeah, got the, the I, it's called I, IPAT. Yeah, yeah, and and so like kind of. Um, any any form of environmentalism, pretty much, is just going to be uh, some degree of uh, a P A or T or all three at some level, right? So they're all like they, those are all the form possible formulations. If you could give them like you know a grade of one to ten each, P A and T. So all environmentalism is going to be one one a combination of one to ten on each of those scores, right? Yeah. So so um, it's it's like kind of Catholic. It's like the Holy Trinity of Catholicism. Yeah. You can't actually get rid of the population or the affluence. So you say, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, Paul Ehrlich can say, I don't want anyone to be racist. It's like, but actually, you're saying that black people can't be new, it can't exist in numbers and in affluence and in technology. So that if you want to have if, if uh, the population of Africa is going to double, then then they may not have more affluence, and they may not have more technology. So you yeah. you, you can't you can't escape that yes. formula. 
that's right. a trigonomic identity of environmentalism. It's it's, it's fixed, so it is inherently racist. Yes, um, it, absolutely. Uh, and then, um, and and so I so I was like, well, what's the these kind of statue botherers? <laughs> just just totally totally oblivious to to yeah. to the to the havoc. This is re, re, uh, I think it, like you say it's, it's it's an inconvenience here. I have to put up with a fifteen minute city with local authority being a bit rubbish. Eventually, yeah. we're going to chuck them out either through you know violent revolution or through you. Um, I would I would say I, I'm I'm not going to advocate violent revolution i want to get rid of these people peacefully yeah um, yeah we're, we're gonna or, or, or we're gonna vote them out i hope we vote them out yeah um but i'd quite like to see you know the look on their faces as they get cut off but that's by <laughs> that's another that's another separate issue so the uh but but well the the i i, I mean i wonder what the body count's going to be the final body count of environmentalism in the world i think mm. it's probably it's going to be it's going to be a a, a a a competition for the 20th century's tyrants, I think. Yeah. Um, I think you made a really excellent point about how they're mad about these statues. And we get a lot of flack here for our founding fathers being racist and being slave owners, you know, um, and hypocrites. But um, you're right. They never look at the founding of their own movement, which was completely built. Like our, our country was built off an ideal of every man created equal in the, you know, um, but their movement was created by people who, like you said, um, believed in a superior race. Uh, a man named Madison Grant uh, wrote about, you know, how the the white race was superior, and uh, Hitler himself thought Madison Grant was a, an inspiration. And and Madison Grant was one of the founders of uh, the environmental movement. The conservation, which started out as a conservation movement, conserving nature, right? Conserving nature for the, the chosen people and getting the, you know, different races off, off the off the earth or whatever. Um, survival of the fittest, the social Darwinism. But um, that's a really, I think that's a really good point that you made about let's, you know, you you know, let's look at the founding of your movement and how how racist that is. But they'll they'll say, oh, well, we've we've done our acknowledgments and we've. You know we're better now, and we we disown Margaret That's Sanger and all yeah. these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know uh, the Dodge. Now I feel like I feel like the environmental movement has heard this stuff, and I think that their their next evolution is that um, they you know they accept the first principle that oh the climate the climate's changing and that uh, the third world you know should not bear the the brunt of that. Now when we say that we're like oh well. In order to survive the weather as it is today, or how it may change, we should allow, we should help Africa and India and China, uh, every developing country. They need to raise their standard of living to a point where they can survive the weather, and they should use as much coal, gas, oil as they need. Um, but what, what uh, the environmentalists and the left are doing now, they're saying, yeah, um, the the developing world should not bear the the brunt of dealing with this stuff. And that's why we should finance their solar panels and their wind turbines and give them batteries and, you know, and give them all the uh, sustainable tools that they need. They shouldn't have to pay for it. And that's that's the thing now, uh, you know, you might see uh, in the media a lot, um, the uh, prime minister of Barbados, a woman named Mia Motley, um, she is becoming kind of the, the spokesperson for this global movement where 
you know, she's in a tiny little country that desperately needs development. And she's kind of, I know she's hedging her bets um, between the West and the BRICS countries, but basically her, her whole message to the World Bank and to the UN is that, oh, pay for our solar panels, pay for our wind turbines, and we won't, you know, we won't do development the the bad way. We're going to do it the good way. And of course, you know, those, those, th- those tools are not going to allow them to have the, uh, the industry, you know, necessary to raise their standard of living. But yeah, I think that, that there's a new, there's a new wrinkle coming. And I think this is the thing that, you know, that they're, t- they're taking what they're listening to what we're saying and they're saying, oh, okay, well, we're going to let the third world develop, but it has to be our way. This is the the the, the green blobbers are, are, are putting the restriction this way. And with, what with the with the um, consent of governments is that what you're you're, you're saying? And, and they're and they're they're working out a way of playing. Since, since well, yeah, they... I mean, I think I think the threat of of uh, military and financial sanctions are, uh, you know, I I, I also em- I empathize with you know leaders in the developing world who have to kind of um be confronted with like okay well there's going to be a color if i if i buck against uh you know the g7 and the world bank there might be a color revolution and they're gonna kill me so uh maybe they you know there is consent from these Mm -hmm. leaders some of these leaders i know some in africa are um you know fully going along with the belt and road initiative with china where you know some of them are getting coal plants and um you know, fossil fuel infrastructure, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. but others are, you know, like South Africa, for example, they're shutting down their, uh, their reliable sources of energy and they're switching to solar, um, because G7 has them at, you know, at the, the end of a loaded gun, basically. It's very interesting to see that, 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 that dynamic, isn't it? They eternally sort of fractious about race and then, but then, but then doing what the G7 sort of instruct. Um, I, 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 I think the, um, uh, the the role of the World Bank in that was has been quite remarkable as well. I mean, given that there's sort of this tension between geopolitics and and and, and the green agenda, why did they think that this was it was going to be con- it was it was going to be possible to continue? Um, to sort of prevent development in the way that the World Bank was intending, but that the, the, you know, for example, there'd be no finance available for fossil fuel projects, no no coal fired power stations for you, except in a limited number of circumstances, and that that wasn't going to push people into the orbit of China, uh, so other other countries into the orbit of China and um, and, and perhaps Russia. Like that, that's 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 um, that implies some non-joined up thinking. I don't, I don't know what was what was going on with them. There, like, they're, they're, there's some weird priorities going on there, aren't there? Like, kind of, is this, is that, is that, is that an attempt to just keep those 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 countries in conditions of poverty and primary production so that they they can't adapt? Because I think with the you know the 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 issue for the European Union especially is, well, we'll buy big sacks of coca beans and. And coffee off you, but you, if you don't, you dare think about processing the coffee and and the chocolate yeah. and then packaging it because we're not gonna we don't want any we don't want any of that nonsense. We only want the stuff at forty five p forty five pence a kilo, not not the stuff that's gonna forty five g- 
liquidity low, right? Yeah. You don't know any and no value added stuff from you. I guess that's one angle that was going on then. And then, uh, but but I I think it 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 really needs some work. And and, they, and that that's the pity of these um um these organisations that, that that haven't haven't don't identify the racism of environmentalism, the colonialism of environmentalism, is you'd expect them to go and investigate what is the UN's agenda? What is, sorry, what is the uh, the World Bank's agenda? What is the IMF doing? What is, what restrictions is it, is it imposing um, in, in terms of, wouldn't it be better if if, if there was a, a, an emphasis on industrialization? Yeah. Um, uh, for these, I mean, it used to be the case. It used to be the case that I, I believe that the, the development agenda was bound with the idea of, uh, of industrialization i don't uh, i don't know when that happened but i run i think at the time there was also a recognition that the the where the, the Bretton woods institutions were were satan as far as much of the left and of the the, the sort of development uh world was concerned like they were and and they they, they so you know like there wasn't as many things as evil as the world bank or imf in the 1980s i can remember it i mean i was, I was a kid but i knew these the people involved in that kind of um, um, that kind of discussion. So, so they, so um, at some point, the World Bank became this wonderful green organization. This wonderful, we're, 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 you know, we're not just sort of securing the West's agenda in the developing world. We're, we're, we're saving, we're ending poverty, and we're tackling climate change. Um, very, very rapid. Maybe through the nineteen eighties or nineties, that some something happened. Um, uh, so I, I, it would be really, you know, there, there, there should be accounts of how this has happened. There should be, uh, you know, uh, criticism of, of how these the, these uh, agendas are playing out elsewhere. But um, no one wants to have those debates. No, they're, they're, they're not they're not fashionable anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's this very you know kind of uh, uniform alignment between between different parts of society are the national global they used to they used to sort of be look, looking at each other a little bit more skeptically well what is the world bank who's it for the you know the civil society organizations would have been keeping an eye on them probably when they were more more, more uh probably called charities rather than civil society organizations yeah um and um uh but but now they they're all aligned yeah. This is and this is this is why I think needs to be so so why are their labor organizations aligned with philanthropic foundations and United Nations agencies and um or what have you, whatever you can name. They're all kind of got this same view of the the agenda that the world needs to, to yeah. follow and it's really unhelpful. So there's no there's no global constituencies. There's just we're doing the right thing probably aligned to the sustainable development goals and so that, that and that's sort of what we really want to look at i think as 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 climate debate i think really yeah. is sort of lacking is well how did that uniformity develop is it in our interest is it in the interest of poorer people is it in the interest of working people and um yeah i don't see how it can be i mean for the first time ever everyone's on the same page yeah <laughs> Billions you're on the same page unless you disagree and then you get censored um, and you're not allowed to question the, the, the climate change dogma. Otherwise, you're a denier um, 
or I think uh, we see more and more these sort of dissident outlets where people who are questioning things are allowed to sort of vent their opinions, but they're they're sort of siphoned into these channels of just absurdity, right? Um, people who believe like 5G is making mm. brain, your brain leaky. So if you question something, you have to question everything. You can't you can't just have logical questioning anymore and an intellectual debate. You're either along for the ride or you're a total denier uh tinfoil hat insane person there's no in between right that's right yeah no 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 something something sort of the whole the whole point of dialogue the whole point of debate sort of been lost from political life yeah like kind of you, you you can't stand up and have a different opinion yeah, you, you'll have your opinion. You'll have your character impugned. You'll have your motivations questioned. I mean, I get it. I get it all the time. Like, kind of like, well, well, who funded your film? <laughs> Nobody. I sat behind a computer. It, I've got a two foot square desk and a license for Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah, and um, <laughs> sounds and, like uh, me. <laughs> yeah, and I put it together. So, well, well, you must be. You're you're working for oil interests. I know that'd be fantastic if I was. But no, I'm not. I'm not. Team. I'm just doing I know, it because right? I think you're worse than the oil companies. So, yes. <laughs> exactly. That, that, like, and these these are people. You know, you, you, I, I chase chase them up occasionally. Have a look at who they are. They're people with PhDs. Yeah. Yep. And they've got no. They've got no capacity for. Isn't it wild? I yeah, I, yeah, I only have a community college associates degree. I don't even have a bachelor's degree. And I run into people all the time like this on Twitter and, the, you know, the intellectual spheres. And I'm like, how am I smarter than these people? How do you do yeah. you just hand out PhDs depending on, like, how much Oh, I think they must do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think that must be it. it must be the, 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 it's commodified higher education, yeah. ed, higher and yeah. education in air quotes, like kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, and I mean, they're they're absorbed into. I mean, academia is absorbed into blobs. We know that, but but it's but it's 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 stark seeing it in people, and often people who like kind of you I've, uh, you might know as well, like kind of like that 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 actually politics has become so weird that you can have a different view, and then maybe someone you haven't seen for a few years. You said what? <laughs> it was like kind of like kind of no like kind of like well I know this guy maybe I'll just say well I, I disagree but like should we go and have a beer or a coffee and yeah. we'll talk about it and then and then you know you don't have to change my mind it's like I I don't quite understand why you'd say it so like you, you know they, they think that you must be you you, you, monster. Uh, you, you know, a monster because yeah. you you believe this stuff and they I oh, used. You know, I, 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 I mean, this was a while ago. I remember I'm taking taking the shopping out of my car, and some, you know, some family friend that I'd known for my family and known for for, for for decades. And she said, "I used to be such a nice, a nice boy." I <laughs> <laughs> kind of but now look at you, kind of thing. And I said, "I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about." And I said, "I, I you know, just just put into the car." And I said, "Yeah, the, the sort of like that green ideology didn't." work on me i'm not talking about the i'm talking about the i don't know what, what words i can use i'm talking about the effing ice caps melting you could swear if you want. 
Okay, well, yeah, well, I've said it now, but yeah, and, and so like, I was, I, my little drive to the supermarket, with my two little bags of shopping I've got now, I, I just melted the whole of the Arctic, and uh, this person <laughs> yeah. who like I'd known for like thirty-five years, you know, like, before. My- my picture to... of um, Brit, you know, I'm sorry about all my British stereotypes yeah. coming up. But... You're gonna have to my... come here. We'll show you what it's really like. Okay? <laughs> it's quite warm. But the uh, my picture of the British cars is like all like the Mr. Bean car, where it's this tiny little, tiny little like two seater. Um, and then the the other car that always like uh, bothers him is a, th- a three wheel car that like turns over all the time. No, that oh, was uh, Robin Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like all the cars in, in England are so small and austere anyway, and you guys, like, there's, you know, if, if you believe in, like, the car like stuff. like America with our big Yeah, big-ass cars here, you know, we, like, we roll yeah. coal in our uh, our trucks and stuff. Well, that was, a, that was a Renault, that was a Renault 5, which was, um, yeah, it's a, li- it's a little car, but it's a great fun to drive. It was, the, like, kind of like a uh, go-kart, just whoop, go around a corner, like, yeah, like that and um, you can park that so, anywhere. So you could park anywhere, and um, yeah, you could just zoom about. Um, really, really nippy. Um, uh, but no, I mean, you get a bigger car when you're a grown up. You know, that's just yeah. a kid's car. You know, like kind of. Uh, well, <laughs> not, yeah. not everyone get... drives like Mr. Bean. You know, <laughs> not everyone no, in England is like Mr. Bean. Bringing down stereotypes here. <laughs> this is important. Um, Mr. Bean would have like yeah the Robin Reliant I think that was a thing like before I was born I think people had Reliant I think I remember seeing a few of them like kind of they were sort of bargain bucket cars you know they were they were they or they, they you know they have had twenty five percent less wheels and um, know, this just came back they, to me too like Rowan Atkinson just came out in the Guardian and said that he yeah uh, he has a lot of problems with evs now so like props to mr bean oh really is yeah. mr bean like base mr bean is is becoming <laughs> you know oh i like that i like mr bean yeah <laughs> that that makes me feel good cool you know i want to go back to like what you're saying though about how people say you've changed and they're like they they're kind of hostile to you now you um i feel like i i heard this on an interview or something didn't you used to be an environmental activist or so, or you came from that world and you sort of oh yeah 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 yes that, so that's interesting yeah I would I would uh, I I think I describe myself as a proto Greta but <laughs> yeah and I was I was like ten oh I won't go to the full reasons but yeah we, 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 I'm uh, like my hometown you know uh, as I say it was G- George Bombio lived next door to my friend um, oh what? You, you know like uh, his his sort of contemporaries his. You, you, you know, one was uh, lodger. Uh, we call a lodger. You know, you got a spare room, you let it out. Another, another activist who's quite famous was, um, you know, a lodger at my best friend's house. Um, you know, they, they, like this is this is where we've got uh, East Oxford was the constituency where Caroline Lucas was. I don't know if you've heard of this woman. She's uh, no. Britain's only Green MP, but her Wait. husband taught me English at high school. Oh wow! So I say taught. Hmm. Um, he didn't teach me very much, and um, so it was pretty useless so like kind of it was it was in the air and if you're kind of from my background from that town you would you would it so so grew up with those kind of sort of imbuing those kind of I'm sorry imbibing those is that the word you used here maybe i think that's um, right yeah the green left leftoid script if but it 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 comes to you know so i i think if the the, the podcast you're talking about the same one you know, about 20 years ago, a bit longer, maybe 22 years ago, 
there was, you know, I was still quite young. Um, there was, I had a reason to, to doubt that. And that was that one of the green activists, uh, it was just after Bjorn Longborg had, had published the skeptical environmentalist yep. and, um, this green, he came to Oxford to give a talk on it at a bookshop and this green activist custard pied him and said, kind of, this is for everything you say about the environment, which is bullshit, which and I'm like. At the time, going well. This is this is just not how I. He's pretty tame. I, I, that's right. Yeah, he's just a lukewarm, and I mean, um, he believe he pretty much believes all the axioms behind climate change. He just thinks he just believes in a different. He's kind of like an eco modernist, I would say. Yeah, but he deserves a pie in the face. Right. That's how we're going to change the world, <laughs> right? Pie, pies in the that's face. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what he said there. That's also the, the activist said. Um, that's what you get. Pies for lies. Oh my God. And, uh, and yeah, he is, he, he is like kind of like not a denier of anything at all. Like, kind of, and I, I found it frustrating a little bit reading him and, and, you know, sort of, um, the good guys, I think him and Roger Pierre Jr. And Mike Schellenberg, Mike Schellenberg has sort of probably gone to a different, different place, but they, these guys are still very much like we believe in the IPCC. Yeah. Not, they're not critical of green ideology as yep. such. They're yep. sort of saying, well, there's better things you... I mean, you can understand, I'm, so I'm, I'm you know, I criticize, I'm criticizing, sounding like I'm criticizing them, but they've got, you know, you can... Do, do you want to chase green ideology or do you want to chase green policy or, you know, do, do, um, what? how do you want to understand environmentalism? Because it might be, it might be that, I, you know, the stuff that I'm saying, we need to unpack green ideology. We need to understand what it's going to look like when you open up your front door in 2050, if you've got a house in 2050, yeah. and, and net zero has been built. Um, but, you know, these guys are saying, well, there's probably better things we could spend our money on, which is a perfectly reasonable approach, a very yeah. pragmatic approach to right. taking on green dogma yeah. um, rather it's than sort kinds. of trying to... Yeah, exactly. So so it's all, it's all for the betterment, but... Um, uh, but yeah, they don't, they don't say anything particularly radical, but that, I think that's one of the reasons why they draw attention, Pil Pilker and Longbook, to draw particular types of attention to themselves. I call it consensus, uh, consensus enforcement. And, and the danger is, you know, so, uh, it, like I'm more, more than I am from that green milieu, uh, uh, Longbook, Bjorn Longbook is from, you know, he's. He's this uh, Scandinavian, gay, liberal, green, cycle, cycle, bicycling, everything. He ticks all the boxes. Yeah, yeah. And so it, uh, if, if you have someone like that making statements like he does, well, maybe we should think about this and talk about it, then, then just on ticked boxes alone, he's going to take, you know, in the, in the logic of political, you, you know, sort of, shenanigans yeah. in the 20s 21st century exactly he's a possibly he's going to draw a lot of people to him right um, not just because he got custard pie but because he takes the white box instantly um so so uh you have to send out really aggressive activists uh to try and prevent that taking that you know that beachhead being established in on the campus and in intellectual life and in in the you know civil society it's really dangerous to have someone saying, "Well, let, let's see, let's check our numbers on this." 
Um, yeah. So they they uh, so him and Roger Pilker come from come and and uh, uh, well, uh, Judith Curry too more recently I guess as well like kind of this extraordinary just torrents of abuse and and um, yeah from, from people who who, sh- who should be able to better manage an argument but and that which speaks again to the fact that people's capacity for dialogue has just been completely diminished. Um, yeah. I hope saying, imagine some someday Greta Thunberg is gonna break free of psychologists and the personal trainers I don't who are think that's ever gonna happen. Who are like you know, <laughs> giving her drugs and like telling her what to say. She's Maybe. gonna break free and it's gonna cause <laughs> the biggest uh shitstorm. Maybe. When she's like twenty like all child stars. I feel like well, child stars once they turn forty, was, they go on a podcast or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know, or they'll they'll say the brand. We have to update the branding and put yeah. in a new chip. But I mean, <laughs> Sarah Vince Suzuki, who was the first Greta Thunberg yeah. in the eighties, nineties, uh, she was like the child saying, "Oh, I have no future and climate change and or global warming." But now, and she's the daughter of David Suzuki, who's a famous Malthusian scientist who says we're overpopulated and things like that. Um, but so Saravan is, is older now. She's probably like our age. Yeah. She's still, she's still very in line with this stuff. She has, she's like running her own mm. NGO, climate NGO. So I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for, for Greta because she is clear. This is clearly a child whose brain has been boiled in, in the worst kind of stuff. And like yourself, Ben, I, you know, I, I've gone through the stages of sort of trying to be a moral person and, and trying to find the right solutions. Is this the right thing to do? But we don't have that pressure like somebody like Greta who's surrounded by super elites to to keep pushing a certain line. And we've we've had the room, I suppose, to, to kind of question these things and say, you know what, a pie in the face, maybe, maybe something's not actually logical in this. Maybe we're not appealing to our better angels in this scenario and this well, isn't the right path to go down and let's take a take a step back and question some things but you're not like like you've said several times now is you're not allowed to question things anymore um and that scares me that that makes me feel like we're entering this world of authoritarian kind of like crackdown on things and um but i mean i see the BRICS nations as sort of the 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 only chance, right? Because they they represent uh, power that is um, almost equal now to the Western hegemonic NATO, UK, US world um, order, and I think it's in the best interest of working pe- regular working people like yourself and like us to al- make try to make our countries align more with that and align with just this development of the world right Deve- peace through development i think is a great a great phrase mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's it seems to i mean to not, not to get into the weeds on on the geopolitics too much but it's 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 that um it's it's almost like the, it's it, the the game is now exactly that it's gaming how do how do we sustain this level of advantage Rather than as a, even if it's at the expense of of letting the world develop yeah, at, yeah. A, at a natural pace, like kind of this this shenanigans that I I I, I, I get into a lot of trouble about <laughs> geopolitics because people don't see it my way, and um, 
they get very emotional, I think. Um, well, I think we probably all should get pretty emotional about the possibility of setting World War Three. Um, yeah. But <laughs> the, like, kind of, it does feel like there is nothing to that conflict that couldn't have been avoided. And that therefore it was instigated purely because really quite remote and lofty elites see it as more in their advantage to, to take the risk of inflaming conflict than to, to, to mitigate. Yep, right. Absolutely. It's like kind of rather than we all take mm. two steps forward, they try to dislevel the playing field so that, 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 that yeah. you know, to upset the pitch. It's, it, it's, uh, and and it, I don't, I don't, and I it's mean, easy. just as uh, I don't, oh, I, mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't recognize what the antagonism is beyond conspiracy theories written by some bullshit artists who ride out the Guardian as much as sort of neocon think tanks. So I, kind of, I don't, I don't see what this geopolitical battle is about. Yeah. And I don't think that the, the just as I don't think green, uh, green global organizations, green gender is in our interest. I don't think security apparatus of the world is in the um it's really in our interest either. I, I think, think it speaks it's volumes that, some... that Greta just visited with Zelensky, right? Very right. <laughs> weird. Like kind of yeah. What that's just yeah. Um, so to, to, I'm still on that point. I mean it's very interesting to see like you you were talking about rev, rev, what's the name? Severin or a uh, Severin or uh, Severin Suzuki, yeah. Yes, kind of, I've seen the clip and I was gone. Why did she, why, why has Greta made it, but she didn't? And I, yeah. I, what's different about 1993 to 2000, when did Greta, 2018? Yeah, it couldn't have been. So I kind of like, yeah. so, so I kind of like, we just been sort of, in the meantime, we've just had up everything massaged so that we'll, I mean, uh, one answer is that like Severin is just that much more annoying than Greta Thunberg <laughs> and we weren't going to accept it. But then like, I'd like, we, we hadn't been sort of, Oh, you've got to be nice. We hadn't had in 1993 when she talked. We hadn't had all the kind of. Oh, you've got to be nice to neurotypical people. You guys, she's she's a girl. We hadn't we hadn't had the same sort of like ideological uh, bludgeoning. Well, it's like bludgeoning. It's like Back to the Future, you know, where uh, Michael J. Fox gets up on stage. He starts playing Johnny Be Good. And he's like, you know, you guys don't get it, but your kids are going to love it. You know, which wasn't. I think you're right, though. I think. The psyop hadn't been there just wasn't a we weren't warmed up enough you know we weren't ready for greta um we you know greta cannot fail us we can only fail greta <laughs> you suck uh your so greta has tried say five hail gretas as penance and and all that sort of stuff it's ah. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean maybe it was just too ridiculous in 1993 as well maybe they maybe they got like they trialed it maybe that's yeah. what severin was she was like i'm like they'll see how can we can we look can we release this project yet like can we go full project um strange teenage girl can we can we yeah. really like how, release the ball that's and, how things uh, work i mean they me they measure everything they uh <laughs> you know they measure everything people market ufo media people <laughs> measure everything and she just didn't have that impact she didn't test the way that greta did I think Greta is even, even more annoying than her, um, yeah. but that's what makes her more memeable. True. So even like all the, in the attention economy, um, you know, people that hate Greta, they, they still like, oh, well now everyone knows who Greta is because you've, you've seen her and you have some reaction to her. Uh, well, why, why do you say, why do you, 
what what do you think is the difference in the and uh, what what's the substance of knowing? So I think Severin is the more authentic sort of. She's what she's what I would expect a precocious thirteen year old girl to say. Yeah. Whereas whereas Greta was a bit more of a curveball, wasn't she? Like kind of. Yeah. But I, what what was the annoying? What what was the what's behind the annoying? What well, do you I, like? Kind of, I think I think it's the fact that we have social media now. I think the social media uh, Greta, okay. without social media and the ability to make fun of Greta, um, she would she wouldn't have had the impact that she had. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's intentional. I think that's what happens more and more is that these really savvy people, for example, the whole Andrew Tate Greta thing. Andrew Tate plays that same exact game where he'll he'll post things that are intentionally cringe or st- you know easy to make fun of. Right. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm going to, I'm going way more people are going to see this and I'm going to benefit my, whatever he's pushing is going to benefit because he's, he's saying things or look, just looking annoying or looking, uh, you know, punchable or something like that. You know, make, he, he knows how to make he be turn into a Wojak. Yeah. He knows how to make people's blood boil. And Greta, I think her handlers are, you know, the, the, when I say Greta, I don't just mean her personally, I mean like the machine around her. They know that they they have gold here. That's like how they do with the presidential elections now, where you can tell you can tell when they're doing their debates that they're pausing and they're doing these weird things so that people can turn that into a gif, like a reaction gif or something. Yep. Um, yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. That that's quite dark, isn't it? That that I can imagine. I can see the sense in that. Yeah. It's almost almost like kind of why you do get. Um lectures about climate change from the steps of a private jet if yes. not in the like in the in the actual cabin yeah. itself like kind of like it's almost that it wouldn't have it wouldn't have so much salience if there wasn't so much hypocrisy and uh behind it like and if you didn't have the king telling yeah. you you gotta you gotta lower you know the man who lives in a palace yeah. and has a <laughs> massive yacht and an airplane and what have you. If he wasn't telling you that you've got to reduce your living standards, then then right. you, then um, yeah, then you know if he was actually doing it himself, you might not actually believe it. The it's hypocrisy, yeah, the hypocrisy yeah. adds like a layer of sexiness to it almost, where it's like, oh, right. you're so, it's like titillating to people, right? Like, oh, you're being such a hypocrite, and uh, people get riled up over that well, stuff and i feel like the clearest example of this was that uh remember the dr- the dress on social media yeah the social media image was like is it a yellow do you see a yellow dress or a blue dress yeah and that's what all this stuff is it's like uh um what's what's the word of we that? want you to weigh in yeah what are your thoughts what's that that thing where like it's a, te- a bechdel te- yeah bechdel or yeah I what it is or like no not bechdel is a, a rorschach a rorschach yeah. yes yeah it's like oh well what do you think? What do you see here? Like I, I just saw, you know, when getting ready for this, the just stop oil um videos of oh, a protester almost got hit by a van. And for some people, some people see that and like, oh, thank God, the van that that guy is just trying to get to work. And then other people are like, Oh my God. Go van, go the van. van. Yeah. <laughs> the van almost hit her. The van came within three feet of her and she almost lost her balance and fell sideways. Whose side are you on? Yeah. Yeah. And it, everyone has to weigh and everyone has a reaction. And yeah. they you know, and that's what they intentionally do. And that's what Greta is like a human version of that. Yeah. And that's that's why not everyone could be Greta. You know, it, she is just like everyone has a reaction when they see her. So how do you how do you 
if that's true, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true at all. Um, yeah. That sounds plausible. But what, what, how do you do? You disengage from that computer. I'm not going to be drawn into these Rorschach tests, or like kind of. There must be a way to overcome a good question. that kind of right. Because you come off, you, you kind of come off like a know-it-all if you say like, oh, "I'm above this." And yeah. Everyone, everyone that follows, I mean, everyone that follows me uh, is, you know, I'm teaching you how to how to avoid those things. But on the other hand, if you if you play into it, I mean, I guess everyone makes a grand bargain in their head where they're like, "I'm going to be different. I'm going to ride this uh, culture war. I'm going to get lots of attention from it, but then I'm going to turn it into something good." Everyone thinks that they're going to do that, and mm. I think most people fail. At the, it's a very high bar to clear, yeah. um, to get a lot of attention fighting a culture war, and then, and then somehow convert it to a higher purpose. It's many have tried and failed, but um, I think that's what most people tell themselves that they're going to do. Do you, do, you, do you think it is a culture war? I mean, because uh, we, we're talking about, we've talked about, like kind of like how you get our power out of the ground. How you how you uh, to 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 fuel to power an industry to power an economy to you know uh, so that people can work and people can yeah. uh, buy stuff. I mean, it's that material, seems to be so material I'm always, based. I'm, yeah, yeah. So I'm I was a bit confused. And my my fellow culture warriors, you know, more involved in cultural wars than it's. And I'm like, no, this is meat and potatoes. This is mm. this is survival. Like, kind of, it's not. And then and um, a lot of the a lot of the green commentaria if you like um they would they would say oh this is the right trying to uh make a culture war issue out of uh the climate change like well you you, you know you 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 invented it you you made it up you're the other one to uh, who are bringing this stuff up to um to our attention what like, it, it, like is there a, there must be a way of pulling out the culture war element of it from the real i uh, mean these yeah. are these aren't just values, the, you know, like they're kind of like, well, we don't know whether we're going to be a little bit green or, you know, that kind of, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's real, right? It's really, really political. It restructures society, not just, well, not it's a just dance be... because I think it, it uh, what the, pol you know, what politicians do is, you know, like, like I said, with the mayor of London before applauding the protesters, it's a dance. Like they want to get right up to the line. And the thing is, like these politicians that applaud these people and you know try to placate them, they're also the last line of defense because they're the ones where they say, "Okay, if I actually implement some of these policies that these people are asking for, that a lot more people are going to vote, and it's not going to be for me because people will finally identify that, oh, you know what, this policy went too far, and it affected my bottom line, it affected my way of life too much." And now I finally can identify it and do it. But until until then, I feel like we've been in this dance where it's just death by a thousand cuts that these people ask for these policies. And then the politicians, you know, will implement like one, you know, one tenth of it. And it's it's still like, a, you know, it's still a, a knockdown for the, the average working person, but it's not quite identifiable. And there's lots of plausible deniability. And you can say, oh, well, it's because of the war, you know, because of Putler. Or you can say, oh, that's because of the greedy utility company. You know, that, that's what that's what's happening here, actually, is that um, the utility company is the closest to the consumer in terms of them being able to identify, like, well, why is my power bill going up? It must be because of the greedy utility company. 
but and th- that high that masks the uh, the real culprit, which is on the production side that you know, environmental activists have blocked every single power plant and they're making it harder and harder to operate a power plant. And that's why the prices are going up, but the consumer still believes that it's the utility company and they're, they're the, st- the shareholders greed for causing it. Yeah. The, I think the culture war is used to distract people from these very simple economic realities. Um, and that meat and potatoes are the most important thing at the end of the day. But culture, I don't think we should throw away culture because I, but, but our culture is such that it's controlled that you have, you have option A or you have option B, which are not really different culturally. They just are, it's the same product with different packaging and our, the real culture that we need to break through to is one where we say, well, humanity is not a virus on the planet because that's the thesis that Mm. underlies all of these people who are rich and just want to stay rich and keep the rest of the world poor is they say, well, humanity is a virus on the planet and we shouldn't be here anyways. So we should call our numbers. We should call our population. We shouldn't grow more. Uh, we're just another animal that's overgrown its capacity. Um, but that is, uh, a disgusting culture. Uh, and that's the culture that we need to get rid of. Um, and that, a, a truly like sort of proletarian uh, working class culture of the people right the the that our that our nation sovereign nation states should be founded on is idea of man as a you know a force in the universe that is above the animal kingdom and and as a force for good that is like the culture that we need to embrace in order to get back to these sort of meat and potato economic issues that are so simple that people say Oh no, it's too complicated for me. Uh, I just believe the scientists. You actually, you can actually, science should be provable by any human being. So we should be able to explain the science. You shouldn't just believe the science. That that's the new religion, right? That's the new, that's the new religion that that they enforce on people to say, no, 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 you can't question this. This is how we say it. We deem it is. But it's not us saying this. this is the natural law of things. Um, but it's nonsense, you know. So. I think it's both, you know, I think it's both a, a cultural <laughs> and a, and a material reality. Um, not to, not to say it's both sides, but I think it's both. No, that's a good point. So yeah, you sort of essentially you've got quite a few decades, maybe most of a century of degenerate billionaire culture yeah. to unpick and it's, and it's just through weight of cash. It sort of imposed itself, yeah. On and and of course that's aligned institutions and people to certain worldviews, views of the world rather than sort of specific ideologies or doctrines. That kind of this is a quite insidious process. Might even be that those a lot of those involved in that don't know. Like they're not they're not people aren't transmitting green ideology like kind of I'm going to go out. Like like some minion in um, who's that evil billionaire in The Simpsons? Um, Mr. I was Mr. Burns, yeah, Mr. Burns. I always use him as an example. I always forget yeah. his name. Um, but like, kind of, it's 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 like, you know, that that kind of like I I I kind of, like the way that stuff spreads. I liken it more to um, an outbreak of chlamydia <laughs> after an unsupervised six one disco, like kind of <laughs> you know, like kind of. 
in a, in a small town, like kind of its ideology is like this transmitted mm. sort of property. It's not like kind of doc, like the way you know, you can't doctrines. See it. Yes, yeah, you can't see it. It's just a slow, and of course, like kind of, uh, it's 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 lubricated by cash in the so like kind of, yeah. and not by reason. So like kind of like all these weffers or these kind of. These great and good that swan around all these the global institutions and think tanks and what have you, they all they'll catch it from each other. Yeah, they don't necessarily go. Have you read this book? I believe it. Like kind of like it was Adam mm -hmm. Smith or Karl Marx or what? someone between. Like kind of it's 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 sort of and then and of course because everyone think that that the alignment happens in that kind of way. Um, so I guess that's the culture sort of developed. That's the cultural angle. It's like kind of yeah. Well, of course, mankind are a, a poisonous, evil species that yes. needs to be stamped out and and controlled and kept in its box. Like a, of course, only reasonable people, uh, you know, no reasonable person could object to this this right. this, this view. And then um, no one no one's ever punched them on the nose. <laughs> well, for then they've got the, they've got these outrageous ideas about 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 people. Like they really, you know, like I I think. That historical view is really important. Like, kind of, yeah, you you would have you would have been like people tried this idea, these ideas in the nineteenth uh, and twentieth century, and then they and they did get they got bloody noses for <laughs> yep. saying it, and um and and uh, yeah, so so I guess that's what's got to be un unpicked is because then there was a high point of, of industry and 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 everything, and it sort of suddenly has sort of given into this sort of like it did this these ideas that that are so true a yeah. truant a teenage truant can can see them and can yeah. speak them yeah like, even though she hasn't been to yeah so yeah yeah like there, there was um um i think the epitome of it is um uh macron when in, there was some there was some shenanigans going on where France was trying to really use the Amazon as leverage against Bolsonaro to sort of you know secure some economic interests, probably to do with beef or something. I don't know, but and he he was talking about how we couldn't let the planet's lungs be destroyed in this way because oh there was God. a like slightly more fire, like like you know like not point not 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 one under Bolsonaro than there was. By under his predecessor or something. As also you can criticize uh, Bolsonaro, probably, but probably best if you're Brazilian to do it. Like kind of like it's really a difficult thing to do from outside. But anyway, of course, like everyone rallied around Macron. Ha ha ha! Look at him now. Yeah. And uh, he, the uh, he's, he's got his own problems with fires, hasn't he? Like, um, yeah. But the, anyway, he um, and so like kind of he set this symbolic order up. This is I think this sort of captures how the ideology works. Like kind of. There are lungs. The trees are the lungs of the planet, right? It's not okay. So it's like kind of it's false, first of all, because like most oxygen and CO two exchange happens in the ocean. Like it's not it's not, mm. not trees and parts that do it. And uh, but but it's a really powerful idea. Like yeah. people go, yes, there are lungs of our mother planet. It's like <laughs> yeah. but, they're, they're, but like in a really serious way, they're like they're doing it unironically. They're kind of like yeah. kind of, there is this symbolic logic. To what, like, kind of, that's the level, that's how you need to understand the world. It has lungs and it has yes. the oceans, and maybe it's tears or something. I don't know. But the, the <laughs> and Gaia. Uh, uh, yeah, guys, yeah. Nice tears. And, uh, the, yeah. So, like, they don't want you to know the 
like actually these scientific ideas about how gases get exchanged on it, but they want you to have these very simplistic yeah. models. Um, and that's then the irony, the you know, that it's very pseudoscientific. They say believe science, but that's very, it's yeah, not scientific science. at all. But what yeah. it does is it allows France to assume moral authority over Brazil. Yeah. Like it's a symbolic little picture. It's a little diagram you can do. It's like a picture of a tree with its lungs. Yeah. And it equals France is superior to, has a superior claim to the Amazon than the Bolsonaro administration. Yeah. It's quite, it's really how that moves people, governments, movements is just um, yeah. completely unmeasured and needs to be, I think, needs to be estimated. Yeah. We need to R RFK Jr. just did something like that where he, he posted a petition about you know, preventing um, Brazil and other South American countries from building a highway that basically connect, uh, you know, for trade that connects one end one side of South America to the other, the west to the east, um, so that you know uh, a ship could dock on one side and move goods across to the other, and you know this is preventing, this is protecting them from colonialism. But really, I mean, this is this is about starving their economy. I mean, it's about, about this is RFK it, doing this. Yeah, yeah, RFK uh, Jr. running, uh, Robert Kennedy running for president, and he's he's sort of Robert Kennedy Jr. What what is that? I said I said Robert Kennedy Jr. Robert Kennedy Robert <laughs> yeah Robert Barron yeah. Yeah. Robert Barron yeah no and people see him as sort of this alternative voice who's criticizing Bill Gates and whatnot but it's it's the same program at the end of the day absolutely um and it's it's hard to break through that <laughs> to people because they want to believe they want to they want they 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 understand a lot of people understand there's the people in in power are not don't have our best interests in heart at heart but they don't understand why and that i think goes back to the meat and potatoes they, they need to understand how electricity works how basic science works that we need to be able to talk about these things um yeah the it's, it's all of the above yeah he's no he's no uh solution to it yeah i'm worried about that guy but now been listening to the space commune podcast i'm your host fox here with alex and today we've been talking to ben pyle ben it's been great talking to you today uh where can people find more of your work um what's the best way to follow you on social media etc etc on social media which i think is a bit of a mess um <laughs> and so you might catch the dog end of a fight that i shouldn't really have gone myself into but if you really like that sort of stuff i'm on twitter uh, climate resistance c-l-i-m left uh, number eight resistance um and then we have a blog it's a little bit uk centric at the moment um uh so so whole, whole website rather than just a, a blog um but it has blog parts to it and what we're setting out is a sort of map uh an air map of the of you know it's sort of a of the uh, of the climate debate, so it's an attempt to make a schematic of the of the argument to focus. Cool. Um, so it's like kind of you know all the different all different claims in a sort of diagram, um, all the different claims that the Greens make, and that you know we think we can intervene and say this is where people things have been misunderstood. So that's uh, climatedebate.co.uk, um, and then we have various projects. 
spawning off of that, we're doing writing reports, teaming up with other organizations, um, and we, you know, we're going to spin out on YouTube and we're going to be running a live stream on Thursday evenings, UK time as well. So uh, hopefully that will be a bit more lighthearted than the, 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 the website, but, um, yeah, that's the main ways I think I'll be findable. I do have some legacy stuff, I've got an old blog climate resistance if you're interested but i haven't been maintaining that for a while but it's got hundreds of old articles on it very cool it sounds like you you've really built up a wealth of information here so we'll we'll put all those links in the in the description space commune is a media project by two upstate new yorkers seeking an alternative to the degrowth and deindustrialization paradigm being thrust upon us by the great reset agenda we love our country, the United States of America, and take inspiration from our revolutionary founding. We want win-win cooperation with Russia and China in developing the world economy for all of humanity and to make America great again. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider joining our Patreon. We also make other content such as documentaries on YouTube and essays you can find on our website at spacecommune.com.